Let's all join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray uh, for myself and uh, for these people that we would experience your breath. As air gives life, you give true life, full life, abundant life. Many folks here need that life. Some uh, for the first time, uh, others day by day as as we're in, in conflict with things that are going on. Maybe it's with neighbors, maybe it is it's just looking out into the world and wondering our place in it uh, as some upcoming uh, graduates may be doing. Uh, some of us today, you know, we're thinking about uh, mothers that are not with us, and I pray that uh, your supernatural breath uh, would flow into those lives and they would be comforted. Lord, I I pray today that uh, we would all see uh, the power of your Spirit in Jesus. And it is easy in this house, it's looking up into the stained glass window. However, Jesus is uh, present when we leave this particular building, uh, when we go day to day, because I want us all to see a big God that is with us every moment and working every moment, even in things that we just cannot see or understand. And I believe that not because it's an opinion, but because that is what your word says, and that is what our faith tells us. So grow our faith. Thank you for being here. Thank you for breathing on us. Let us see you now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all. Y'all can uh, be seated. Thankful to our worship team for leading us in and pointing us to the Lord. If you, uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 12. If you do not have your Bible, uh, we would love for you to have one. There's some on the table in the back, and you could take that home with you. That would be our gift uh, to you. Uh, we are in the series at, that we are calling A New. A new, because as a, uh, as a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ, uh, we do uh, get a restart. Uh, we are made new. Uh, we've been going on the last uh, few weeks after Easter, uh, talking about uh, new life, what that means. Uh, it is, uh, the whole series is really based on one verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We highlight this verse uh, before every message. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Uh, I don't know if you're here and you know much about Christianity or much about Jesus, uh, but that is the gospel, that you are a new creation. And and I don't think we think about that enough uh, or ponder that Enough, or really live into the new life and the new creation and what that means uh, for our hearts, for our lives, for our families, for our churches, for our jobs, for the world. But I hope in the course of these, I don't know, six weeks, that you'll think about that verse like you're a new creation. You are made new. Uh, last week, if 
you weren't here, we talked about a new church. And we talked about how you might see church, how you might think about church. Uh, We talked about the glory of God residing in the church. We talked about the gifts of God residing in the church through you, God's people. And we talked about activating those gifts. And it's only by the grace of God that the gifts of God can be activated. We'll continue this series over the next couple weeks. Uh, Next Sunday is Graduation Sunday. We'll be talking about a new purpose. I'll be talking specifically to seniors graduating, but in doing so, I'll talk to all of us. And today, I want to talk about, being Mother's Day, a new family. That in Christ, we are part of a new family. And uh, really, I want to I look at a, um, a quote from a guy that I like a lot and quote a lot. His name is Russell Moore. And y'all please listen to this. Russell Moore's a Mississippian. Uh, he's a Baptist. He's not a pastor. He actually works in Washington, D.C. Anyway, Russell Moore, check him out. But he, uh, he made this statement. As those in Christ, this descendant of Confederate veterans has more in common with a Nigerian Christian than I do with a non-Christian white Mississippian who knows the right use of y'all and how to make sweet tea. Let me say that again in case you didn't hear and then you heard a couple folks laugh. You're like, what did he say? Okay, he said, and I relate to this a lot. Let me say it. This is really important. This is exactly what I'm talking about today in a new family. This resonates with me. I'm tracking with him. As those in Christ, so as you're, if you're a Christian, this descendant of Confederate veterans has more in common with a Nigerian, Nigeria is in Africa, by the way, a Nigerian Christian than I do with a non-Christian white Mississippian who knows the right use of y'all and how to make sweet tea. Uh, I totally believe that. Uh, and if you believe that, then that, that changes the way you see the world. So with that said, I want to share why I believe that. Because that's one man's quote, and it's not in the Bible, and I do believe that thought or opinion. But I want to try to share why I believe that, and why when we talk about a new, it's not just our life, that there is this new family that we are now part of that is all over the world. Matthew 12, I'm going to read... I'm going to read verses 46 through 50 in Matthew chapter 12. It's the end of the chapter. While Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, He said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Uh, It's a very interesting couple verses. A fascinating passage because Jesus is being told, hey, your mother is in Mary and your your brothers. Jesus had brothers. Actually, the, the letter written by James. James was one of Jesus' brothers. 
are standing outside. They want to talk to you. And Jesus says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whomever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother. Now, now what is Jesus saying? Because uh, for us, and, and me too, that you know, are, are all about uh, family and you know, I, I can't make uh, the family gathering up in New Albany this afternoon where my mom's cooking for my grandma and you know, the clan's getting together and, and we love our people. And in the South, you know, the big question is, who are your people? And here Jesus is saying, these are my brother and sister and, and my mother. What does he mean? So I want to try to clarify that. So a couple of verses I'm going to put up on screen. What does Jesus mean by this? Well, he's, he's not saying don't give honor to your mother or your parents. Matthew 15, 4, we'll put that up on screen. It says, for God commanded, these are Jesus' words too, honor your father and your mother. And, you know, Jesus doesn't mince words. Whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. So it's not saying don't honor your earthly parents. Uh, he's also not saying uh, don't care for your earthly parents. A beautiful scene at the cross. We remember every Good Friday, John 19, 26 through 27. Remember this verse or these verses. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple, who was John, took her to his own home. So Jesus gives us an example to, to care for our parents, and it's a beautiful depiction. Even at death, he was taking care of his mama. And then I also think the Bible doesn't tell us to not respect our heritage. Uh, I love a, a verse in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.5. Look at this, Paul writing to Timothy, who's a pastor. And he says, I am reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. So the Bible is very clear to honor uh, your parents, to care for them, uh, to have respect for the heritage that is instilled in you, for those who, who may have that, a Christian heritage. But then Jesus still says, you know, this, this passage, he still expands the family. So what does he mean? Uh, he means that when we are in him, we're abiding in Christ. We are in Jesus. So when you say, man, I am a Christian. You know, I believe. I mean, I'm giving it my all. I'm, I'm in. And we're in Christ. We are adopted into this new family. Let me be clear about that, that, that we're adopted, that God adopts us into his family. So we like to say, hey, welcome to church. We're a family. Yes, Bellwether family is members, but a bigger family that is the family of Jesus. So we're adopted into the family. And, and when we're part of that family, there is a difference in that now our priority is King Jesus and his kingdom. So it, often we kind of confuse it like, man, it's nice. I got this new family and 
man, that's cool. I mean, we, you know, we're brothers and sisters in Honduras, and we're brothers and sisters in India, and man, I can't even pronounce this country, but man, we're brothers. I mean, it's expanded. Or, hey, I got the love here of the church, and man, it's, it's feeling good. Okay, true, 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 but there is a distinction in that our new priority is, and let me say this again, King Jesus, because he's King of kings, Lord of lords, and his kingdom in our earthly lives, as much time as we've got here uh, and forever, but as we say, there are no accidents in Christianity, so we have been given this a lot of time, and now we give our life to Jesus, and we're part of his family, so our allegiance now is to him, not one particular church. Our allegiance is to him, uh, not one particular nation. Uh, one day, and you know, you know, I mean, I don't like this, but it's the truth. One day, the United States of America will be gone, okay? Some of you think it might be gone in come November, December. I'm not saying that, but some, one day it will, but the kingdom of God will, will go on and on and on. Here is the challenge. It's easy to say uh, that, that can sometimes make moments of life, not all of life, but moments of life kind of lonely or very lonely. Because you see, we're in this new family, so now we're ambassadors of this new kingdom. And there is this tug-of-war conflict going on 24-7, whether you're in high school, whether you're about to graduate, you know, whether you're talking about senior trip and where to go and what to do. Or just hanging with friends or, or being, being part of social life in your community. I mean, there's this, wait, okay, my allegiance is to Jesus, but if I take some stands, then I may be lonelier. But you just said you have a new family, which you do. But not everybody sees that new family and when your priority is Jesus, and, and this is the conflict, there is, there is this conflict, and I want to be honest. And there's suffering. So, like, I'm going to look at a verse here in a couple minutes. There is, there is some suffering in the midst of the joy of family and new life and new family. But there's some, there's some suffering, too. So I want to give a few examples uh, and how we might could, could overcome that and really be alive in this new family and give loyalty to King Jesus and his kingdom. Uh, so first off, what Jesus means is you're part of a new family. I want to give a few examples of people who are living uh, life in this new family. And they are women, and they're women that I greatly uh, respect. Uh, one is, uh, some of y'all know this gentleman. His name's Maxie Dunham. Uh, he's done much for the kingdom as, as preacher, writer, president of Asbury Seminary. I was at a conference with him one time, and his wife spoke. Uh, he didn't, his wife spoke, and she said, you know, it was very painful, she said, when, you know, and obviously she, she fell in love with Maxie, and they were, they were getting married, uh, and he felt a call to ministry, and it was going to call her to leave her family of origin, earthly family, and, and move far away. She's from Georgia. First they moved to Mississippi, then they moved to California, moved again. And she said, I saw in front of me that this life of being apart from those that I love. And it was very painful. And the only way I was able to do it was because of two things. And she said this, I still remember it. She said, one, because I knew I had this bigger family, this greater family, the family of Jesus, that wherever I would go, you know, I was not leaving family, I was going to meet new family, one. And then two, 
even as little time as I might have with my earthly family on earth, I would have eternity with them in heaven. And we would be together. And I still I heard that five years ago, six years, you know, still remember it. Uh, a lady giving her allegiance to King Jesus, serving, and not, uh, uh, not glancing over the suffering, but being real about it, but saying, hey, I've got a new family, and I'm going to see all my family forever and ever. Uh, that's, that's one lady. Uh, another lady, actually another two ladies, but uh, one, her name, uh, and, and they don't know, you know, I mentioned them in the sermon, not that they would care, but uh, another lady, and some of you haven't met her, Jenny Manley. Uh, I've talked about her for Jenny Manley, was president student body at Mississippi State, uh, got a great job on Capitol Hill, worked there, fell in love with a guy who had a call to minister. They didn't know where that would be. They ended up following a call that God gave them as an opportunity to plant a church in United Arab Emirates, uh, better known as Dubai, but Dubai is just a city, but near Dubai, not in Dubai. So in the desert, reaching Muslims, you want to talk about loneliness? We've talked to her, I and some others. You know, you want to talk about challenge? You want to talk about, hey, I'm giving up my career. And she had a, she had a good job, you know, not like pushing paper. I mean, she had, a, she had a sweet job. You know my job, I'm going to go, I'm going to raise my kids in the desert. I checked uh, how hot it was in Dubai today. It was hitting 110, uh, you know, and no green, you know, just sand. And they're building a church. My allegiance is for the king, King Jesus. Uh, another lady whom I respect, her name is Sandy Krause. Uh, Sandy Krause, about 17 years ago, fell in love with a man who was called to be a pastor, entering the ministry, didn't know where, said, Lord, we follow you, uh, wanted to reach the lost, you know, people who had not heard, landed in Italy, have spent the last 17 years toiling uh, to grow a church. In, in like really, really hard soil. I know we're like, hey, let's go to Italy, but it is, uh, you know, it, it's kind of skid row in the sense of just secularism and, you know, being in love with themselves and their fashion and their food and, you know, Venice or, or whatever. And it's been hard work. Chris and I met them. I mean, you can, you can tell physically it is taxing. Uh, communicated with her husband. Sandy's mom just recently passed away. So you can imagine the pain. They, they flew back over here to Arizona. So you can imagine like the conflict about time away from them following the call and then coming back to mourn and grieve. And I respect them greatly because they are, they are following. Now, now these are, some of you might be saying, man, that's, that's good. Or are you calling me to like go? Well, of course, I'm always calling you to go. Okay, But however, there are, it's not just the nations. I mean, it's very, very much... Our neighbors, it's very, very much here, you know, within our body, within our neighbors. So uh, one other uh, mom and lady whom I respect, who, who will not be named, but is in the Bellwether community family member, uh, you know, she has been convicted to really love her neighbor. And she's been going around her community neighborhood, not like knocking on doors, inviting them to church, but knocking on some doors, literally of her neighbors, and saying, I'm here, just how can I pray for you? I just want you to know I'm here. And, you know, she confided, saying, like, you know, I didn't know what I could do, but now there is so much that I can do. Just right down my street, 
that, that I can minister to. Uh, another example of, of ladies and moms here in our community, you know, we send out a, a prayer list that talks about needs and prayer concerns, and it is, it is beautiful, it's wonderful hearing the responses of people that get that email and then see a need, and it can be a small need, and they'll say, well, I'm going to check in with this person. Uh, and we might put a family who is not part of Bellwether, but we know them, we love them, and someone from Bellwether who they don't know, and they're in the hospital, comes and visits them, and they're like, I don't know you, but they come to pray. Uh, these, are, these are things that we can do uh, for our new family in the kingdom of God for King Jesus. And whether it's our neighbors or nations, but God's calling us to live in, in, a different, in a different way. So it changes the way we see our family. It also changes the way, and I'm going to talk more about this next week, but I want to hit on it this week, changes the way we see our, our purpose. Our purpose, being part of a new family. And here's what I mean by that. If you're a Christian, then that is most important. If you're saying, I'm a Christian and that's not most important, then I want to help you reevaluate your new life in Christ. Okay? I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying I want to help you maybe see anew. But if we're Christian, then we see everything as a gift. Our relationships, uh, our gifts of what we can do, and gifts are not just artistic. I mean, I can't play music. I value folks that play music. But I can do other things. You can do other things. Our jobs are a gift. So... In everything and in every way. Whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, entrepreneur, artist, all of the above, whatever. How are you using all that God's given you for King Jesus and his kingdom? How are you using those relationships? How are you using... Because we can set goals. We can set goals in our, our jobs, set goals for our family. But new life in Christ changes your goals. So like the business deal you're really working on, that goal is how can, I, how can I use that to grow the kingdom of God in this city? Is your serving in the medical profession? How, how can I be used by God? And, and I'm not saying, say, hey, if you died tonight, where would you go? I am saying, you know, walk in both kindness and courage, both, uh, to advance the kingdom. Let me, let me give you an example from my life yesterday. If you want to talk about the mission field, go to the baseball fields, okay? Go to the baseball fields. Uh, my voice is kind of straining. I yell a lot, and it's not just Sunday morning. You're like, you, you know, maybe like, you don't yell on Sunday morning. Well, I don't know. There's different opinions of that, but I yell on the baseball field, okay? And had several games this weekend, and I get uh, very much into it, very much. Uh, and not just because my son's playing, but, you know, y'all that know me, you know, I want to win. You know, I'm all in. I'm like all in. I'm, I mean, I'm drained afterwards. You know, just it's like emotionally, just like I'm just shattered. Amen? Amen, yeah. So yesterday, we have a game. Uh, there is a play I mean, where there's a, a play at home plate. Uh, we're in the field. My third baseman. Is going to throw to the catcher. He throws to the catcher. The catcher catches it, gets the opposing uh, team's player out. You know, I'm like, you know, I don't want to scream too much, but I'm like, you know, you know, yeah, 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 in like, you know, times 20 or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know. And then the opposing team's coach starts going off. 
uh, not on me, thankfully, but he starts going off on the ump, saying that one of our players uh, was moving into uh, the base path, the baseline, to block the other player because his player was now complaining, and he was saying you know, that player you know, was, was moving in, and it should be interference. Now, uh, I have learned some restraint. I'm learning restraint. So I see this guy. He's a third-base coach. I'm literally, I remember the angle. He's coming here, and like, man, you know, this guy, you know, in my mind, I mean, this guy is, I mean, lunatic comes to mind, you know, jerk comes to mind. I mean, and I'm telling just what I think. You know, here's, you know, good grief. You know, and I, I'd already had a conversation. I, frankly, I'd already given some grace to this team, and I'm like, man, just after what I did, give me a break. Now, he goes to the ump, and the ump says, one, the player was looking for the ball, number one, wasn't trying to block him. And number two, the ump's like, the other player from his team running still had like three feet. And so, you know, he got mad that they didn't call interference. Well, here's the kicker. So I go back, and I'm coaching third base, and their dugout is by me. Yeah, okay. Patience, down, come down, you know, that's what I said, press down. But here's what I heard that coach say. You know, they were still complaining about it. You know, you could use other descriptive terms, but they're still talking about it. And then the coach says, if that happens again, just run over him. So I'm like, okay. What do, you know, that, there's the moment. What do you, so I heard it. What do I do? Do I, do I say I don't appreciate that? Do I say it right then? Do... Um, I do. Now, I, I came back. At that moment, I'm like, just, just pause. Let's play the game. Let's first just kick their tails. And, uh, and that'd be our statement, you know. And that was, you know, my plan. I go back to the dugout. You know, I have some words for our coaches. And, but I'm still thinking, you know, should I say anything? When your allegiance is to the king and to his kingdom, this is that lonely moment when the flesh in you you know, just literally, I mean, to be diplomatic, wants to say, I don't appreciate that. But the flesh in you wants to do things a lot, lot worse. But at the same time, I'm also beginning to think, you know, okay, so this guy, he's thinking along a different mindset. You know, how, how might I minister to them? I know one of the other coaches. You know, how, how, can, I, how can I do this? I let the game play. We play hard. You know, I don't engage it. We do lose by one run. We played hard, we lose by one run. We're telling them, you know, good job, good game. But I do say something. You know? I say, hey, you know, y'all, are y'all cool? And y'all, to the coaches, you know, y'all. It's like, yeah, man, we're fine. Of course they won. But I mean, you know, y'all, y'all cool? And they're like, yeah, 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 we're good. I was like, because y'all, y'all wouldn't stop about that play. I was like, I want you to know. I mean, I'm all for hard-nosed baseball, and I am. But I was like, we're not trying to block anybody. You know, so... I mean, if there's an issue, it's like, no, 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 we're good. And I at least wanted to address it. And to be honest, I mean, that's, that was the end of it. You know, I didn't say anything plus or minus afterwards. I'm going to pray for that coach. I guess the answer is, you know, what I did not do, uh, what I might have done even a year ago, <laughs> looking at my coaching uh, career last year. But there are those moments where you've got to take a breath, as we just sang about the Lord's breath, and take a pause and see them as either a child of God or someone who God wants them to come to him. And how can you be? And I always say, you know, everything I do, I'm first a pastor. So I have to keep that hat on. 
Last thing. You have new goals, but you also have new relationships. And this is the beauty. This is the positive. You have new relationships. And here's real quick an example. I mean, I would love to see in this church uh, an elderly woman, you know, that no one would consider for cool, praying at the end of the service with, let's say, a 15-year-old who had piercings all over and tattoos all over, and they're holding together in prayer. That's what I want for Bellwether. That's what I want. Uh, I would love to see at Bellwether a, I don't know, corporate vice president or CEO or whatever being mentored by a Latino or Hispanic janitor making minimum wage, and the corporate guy knows that he is more mature in the things of the Lord than him, and so he seeks him out to be mentored. I, like, I want to see that. I believe that. I believe that's the kingdom of God. And we get caught up in our social roles, and the kingdom is upside down. That's what I want to see at Bella. That's what I'm going to preach at Bella. That's what I'm going to live, and I want you to live. That type of new reality, because that's the only reality. There are new relationships. You may think it's lonely, but there are people that God will connect you with that you would never dreamed. Maybe they're next door. Maybe they're across the world. It's a new family. How does this happen? How are you part of this family? Just real quick. You got to have faith, but you got to have faith in a couple things. You got to have faith that one, we're all sinners. We're all deserving of death and hell. And if if you're not there, then you really don't understand Christianity. Number one, we're all deserving. We're all deserving. You're like, was that your opinion? No, that's the Bible, Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. Then you've got to have faith that you're saved by grace. You're saved by grace. So nothing that we have done. You're like, is that your opinion? No, it's biblical. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you're saved through faith. So faith that you need saving, faith that grace comes upon you and saves you, that Jesus did the work that we could not do. So, Paul goes on, that no one would boast. Uh, I've done nothing to achieve uh, this new life or this new family or this new purpose or these new goals. It's the grace of God poured out on us, and I don't deserve it. And you may still be thinking, I deserve it. Well, we'll just keep talking, and I'll keep praying, but I know I don't deserve it. I know what's in my heart, and it's dark, and it's still dark. It was dark yesterday, the thoughts I had with it for that brother. So I need the grace of God. And then last, the Spirit reminds you. So for those of y'all who are like, man, I'm in. I want to grow more. My life may be going to pot. Man, I, I want to walk, man. I got one more verse for you. I'm going to read this from Scripture. Romans 8, 16 and 17. Love Romans 8. These two verses. Listen to it. The Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. So not me, not another preacher, but the Holy Spirit tells you, convicts your spirit, you're a child of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs, like we inherit. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, and this is a little or a lot painful, provided we suffer, There'll be some suffering with him in order that we may be glorified in him too. So there is a greater glory, greater good. And the spirit, not a person, will tell that to your hearts. Now I can tell you those verses, but this really is the last thing I will say. Tell you those verses, you can conceptually get it. 
The last thing is just a, a little metaphor. And this may or may not connect with you, but we've got kids in, so I'm going to use this one too. I love video games. I don't play them anymore, but I used to love video games. I saw this, uh, I was watching this 30 for 30 yesterday, you know, 30 for 30, you know, sports. It was on Bo Jackson, remember Bo Jackson? And they brought back the old Tecmo Bowl. I was like, man, that's so cool. Remember the Tecmo Bowl and like Bo Jackson would go like here and like do a, you know, but he, nobody could catch Bo Jackson, you know, on the video game. And Jack, when I was watching, like, man, Dad, can we get that? I was like, yeah, man, I got that at home. You know, back up in New Albany, I'm going to bring it down. So it's like a video game. But here, what I loved was, you know, Jack will hit the, the iPhone and, you know, be playing and he'll be in the back seat and I'll hear this, you know, the gun and everything. But the old Atari, you know, you know, taller than you, Ataris. And you're going to put in, you know, the coin and you play. Here's the deal. So many of us, it's like, you know, this, this Atari game, this video game. And we're wanting to play. It's like we want to be in. We want the new life. But the coin's stuck. The coin's stuck. And we're just, and if you know these, these video games, we're just kind of stuck in doing the, the pre, I call it the preview. You know, like Pac-Man, you know, it shows you a little bit, and then it, you know, then it changes, it starts over, you know, starts over, over and over. So you're not really, you're not activated. And I do think that's the case for, frankly, a, a lot of y'all. You're, you're really not activated. You know, what are you saying? I'm an Atari video game? I'm saying you're not activated. I'm saying God, this is biblical, God gives a deposit. God, is, he gives a deposit. And you got to want to, Receive it. And when you are open to receiving it, you start to really play. The real life begins. You're activated, gifts. And it's not just the, hey, I'll do this, and now I've got to start over, and I'll do this. And just... So for many, the, the coin's stuck. And you're like, why is the coin stuck? I don't know, maybe just, maybe you need to just ask yourself, do I really receive it? Am I really ready? And then you're like, well, how do I really do that? How about being open? How about saying, God, I need you? How about saying, God, I'm here? How about saying, God, I repent? How about saying, God, I'm ready? And I do believe that the Spirit will activate the gifts by His grace and new life, new family begins. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this family. Thank you for our family in Christ. May we see that family even in the midst of uh, sometimes that, that can be hard, it can be challenging, it can be difficult, but that we do have this new family here on earth and we have family forever for eternity in Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.